Devlin here with you, and welcome to another edition of Mondo Nostalgia Radio. And uh, thank you for joining me here today. And I haven't put one out in a little bit, but I decided that, yeah, we should put one out again. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is I've been going through a lot of stuff. Um, the counseling's been going really well that I talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago. The only problem is uh, with the counseling, it opens up your head and your heart a lot. You talk about a lot of things that you don't really talk about. And it's just uh, basically, it works kind of two ways. It works where you try to start uh, getting the tools that you can um, build and work on your depressions and your anxieties and stuff. Anybody who has gone through counseling certainly has, you know, knows what I'm talking about. But, you know, I've only done three sessions and it's already got my mind working probably not the way it's supposed to. Um, maybe it is. I don't know. Since I've never done counseling before, I don't know, maybe uh, if you want to send me a message. But basically, it gets me thinking about a lot of things, and I'm a person who overthinks everything. Um, so now I'm, I'm overthinking a lot of things that, you know, basically, it's hard to interpret. And I'm really not planning to talk about this today. I don't know. I just wanted to let you know why there hasn't been any new podcasts lately. Um, but, uh, yeah. I just, it's got me thinking about life and, 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 you know, where my next step is and stuff. So, it's all good. Um, I'm going to work it out and I will talk about it because, as I said, Mondo Nostalgia is not just about, you know, even though it sounds like it's a place where you go to find out about, you know, old stuff or things from the past, I, it's still my show. And uh, things that affect Devlin and um, that. And I know a couple people that do listen to this show to hear those personal things. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to move on. But anyhow, I'm not too bad right now. And I thought, hey, let's do a podcast, get one out for June. Because I've been pretty consistent lately. And I, I've had a couple of moments where I've missed a couple of weeks. But I try to get back on track. But as I said, with the counseling, it makes you think of everything. And I'm not just thinking about life and stuff like that. I'm also thinking about my creative sides and stuff. I do know that I want to make Mondo Nostalgia bigger. I've been enjoying the traffic uh, the Facebook page for Mondo Nostalgia has been having. And um, if you've never been to the Facebook, please um check it out. Um, I try to post things pretty much almost every day. Uh, it might not be a lot of content, but sometimes I'll post something. And it's not just necessarily about nostalgia. I post a lot of uh, news about nostalgic things. And uh, if you're local to the Hamilton area, I post a lot of stuff that deals with the Hamilton area. So stuff like, uh, you know, like you know, movies that may be coming up at the West End, the Playhouse. You probably know I've been promoting them quite a lot lately. And, you know, just stuff that, you know, like if there's a, 
a toy show or a Comic-Con nearby. I like to post stuff like that because it all leads us to stuff. But also I post new trailers for movies that may have a nostalgic twist. And, and I'm pretty lenient with the term nostalgia. I'll also post music videos, full movies. I'll post uh, cartoons. I'll even post like recipes and do-it-yourself things if it has like a nostalgia thing. And, 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 Lately, I've also been putting a lot of co comedic stuff on there, like just things to make people smile or or post a, a picture of Hong Kong Fooey or, you know, the, the Brady Bunch and, you know, ask people, do you know, you remember this? And it's nice because I'm starting to see people leave comments and stuff, and I really love that. And I'd like to open that up more. And so one of the things that, you know, counseling has let me think is, you know, where my creative side's going with it. And I'd like to actually try to build Mondo Nostalgia into something bigger. Uh, I think it, I bring joy to a lot of people, not just from the podcast, but from the Facebook page. I'm starting to see a lot of people. And, and yeah, they are people I know, but there are times I'm getting hits from people I don't know. And that really gets me giddy. And so um, I really hope I can continue that trend and, and, and make it a little bit bigger. I want people to know Devlin Bishop is Mondo Nostalgia and uh, stuff like that. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, the first part of this, I'll probably be talking about a little bit of everything. And then the second half will be a little bit more focused um, because I'm going to talk about the end of the Fox Marvel universe basically the X-Men series. Um, Dark Phoenix hit theaters, and uh, I'm going to talk about it, because I did get to see it. And that means I've seen all the movies, and I kind of want to give a little bit of a tribute to um, that series that has given me a lot to smile about. Uh, I've liked a lot of the movies. I know a lot of people have had problems with some of them. But uh, I will give you my final review on Dark Phoenix and uh, just a little goodbye because I think this movie, you know, the X-Men movies have been going around since, I believe, 2000s. I'll officially do my work before I do the thing, uh, which means this has almost been running for 20 years and um, it's just had its ups and downs. You know, it's not as consistent as the, you know, Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe but the truth of the matter is is I still think it's given us some iconic characters some actors who have played these characters that we identify with them uh, and I'll talk a lot about that in the second half this time I'm going to talk a little bit about everything uh, first of all it is Pride Month uh, is this is June and that is Pride Month all over North America and this week that this episode drops is actually Pride Week in Hamilton. Um, some people celebrate the whole month. Some people celebrate a day when they actually have like all the, the festivals and stuff in it. Some celebrate the whole week. Modern Nostalgia will be having uh, Pride tributes the whole week. For me, I haven't actually celebrated it in the last couple of years because for me, um, I've talked about Pride many times, so you can always go back and look at some of my talks about Pride or some of the times I've went to Pride. And for me, Pride is just being proud of yourself. It's not just, you know, I, I like to include everybody. You know, like I've always said that I think Pride is for everyone. It's, it's for gays, lesbians, trans, 
bisexual, asexual, uh, pansexual, and straight people. I think you should just be proud of who you are. And, you know, and yes, I know this year seems to be really controversial because, again, every time Pride comes up, everybody, there's at least one or two people that are like, how come there's no straight Pride Day? And I, I voiced my opinion on that about how, you know, that's practically every other day. So, you know, just give us one thing. But for me, when I celebrate Pride, I invite everybody into it. Um, this year, I'm actually going to go to Pride. Um, maybe I'll speak of my experience of it uh, in, in next week's podcast. Um, but I decided that after a couple of years of not going, and, and some of it is me. You know, I've been to a couple of Pride uh, events, and uh, I, I've been let down by a lot of them, and so I stopped going for a bit. But other times, it was just other things fell on those days, like weddings and stuff, where I just couldn't go. But this year, I decided early, I'm going to go to the Gage Park. This year, uh, Pride is being held at Gage Park. And I'm going to go in the afternoon there, and then I'm going to have a little get-together with just a few handful of friends. And since I don't have a lot of gay friends, this is going to be people that are, you know, straight, bi, whatever. And uh, and we're just going to get together and do, like, one of my traditional... Um, I do these little video music parties. Um, uh, I should talk about it someday. I, I think I've mentioned it a few times. But uh, I'm going to talk about it someday because they have become really fun and for something we just kind of played around with. But I decided this year, you know, Mike and I don't really celebrate Pride, but this year I'm going to. And on on the Saturday of this week, I'm going to uh, go to the Pride Fest and then I'm going to hang out with my closest friends and just celebrate and dance and put music on and, you know, have everybody celebrate who they are. Because that's what I think Pride should be. <coughs> Pride seems to be getting more and more controversial as the years go on. Uh, I remember when I first started going to Pride in Hamilton, it was just small little events, but it seems to have gotten bigger over the years. Uh, I talked to some older people uh, and said that the first Hamilton Pride, I think, only had a handful of people at it because nobody advertised it and stuff. But now when Pride comes around, I'm almost nervous about it because of the fact that I'm nervous because of the fact that I, I think Pride is an important time. And I think it's, it's great and everybody should get a chance to celebrate who they are or who they are. But it, it also, I think the people, there's some people that are closeted, uh, some people that don't like labels, uh, and it just, you know, some that are asexual and stuff that, you know, they kind of like worry because the emphasis is on, you know, coming out and kicking the closet door open and grabbing a feather bow. Like pride is so much more than just, you know, being flamboyant and dancing to dance music and stuff. You know, I've talked about, you know, that there's like the P flag uh, people that are the supporters of gay people and, and if you look around in your area, hopefully you do have Pride Festivals near you uh, from wherever you're listening to this. But there's also smaller ones. You know, yes, they do have the big, you know, the Toronto Parade where they have half-naked men and, you know, you know, dykes running around and, you know. But there are a lot of celebrations that you can go to. 
that aren't as flamboyant. You know, if you look, you know, they have some places even have like, you know, like church services and like little dinners or, you know, you just got to look at it. And obviously the bigger city that you're closest to, the bigger their will. Unfortunately, in small towns, they usually don't. But you're even starting to get more like pride festivals. But some people still don't want to be associated with that. Then, of course, you know, we've had all the trouble with the police, um, whether we should invite the police or not, like in uniform, you know, if they're obviously a gay police person and they go in uh, and support us, that's fine. But, you know, I've again, I've talked about that. I think when you start not including people, I think you're just basically doing exactly what we're fighting against. You know, if we start saying, okay, well, you know, we don't want you there in uniform or we don't want you there, then we're starting to pick and choose who we want there. Then what's next? Straight people aren't allowed to go, you know, trans people aren't allowed to go. You know, I even noticed that, you know, you start seeing like, you know, lesbian events, you see trans events, and I'm all for that. But the truth of the matter is, is when you start getting your little own section and I I'm, I don't I, I believe we all need to have our own little space but I think pride should still be one big thing for anybody to have it and then if you want to have your lesbian groups or your gay groups or your trans or your bisexual or pansexual groups then all means but we do need a celebration that I think involves everybody and I think it would be a big step if um, you know uh, us LGBT community can bring that in if wouldn't it be awesome if we like we're welcoming to everybody and we can show what we've been fighting for all these years and uh, you know like you know we we've been fighting to be included in marriage and rights and stuff like that but then to get all that stuff and then just start making our own rules for me that that's just not right I think we need to be better than the people we've been fighting against and, uh, and, and make a better world. You know, it's funny how we try desperately to get a world that doesn't label or doesn't, um, you know, we don't want labels anymore. But it seems that every year this happens, we get more and more labels. Um, it just seems every year there's a new term like this is a person who loves this and this is a person who loves this and for something that wants to be you know we want to just be one big gender like that seems to me what the game plan is not my game plan but what the world is trying to get to but it seems weird that we start getting more and more labels and i think you know we're watering down our community because of the fact that everybody wants to be so specifically loved and, and I think it should be the other way around I think we should set by example and show we're better than all that and we should include everybody into the fold it's just little things I've noticed and I'm not saying I'm a gay advocate or anything but I you know I've told of my past where I've tried to get involved in the gay community and and I've not been accepted I, I feel like you know, because maybe I'm chubby or because I'm not as attractive or I don't have a lot of money that 
I'm just kind of thrown aside and nobody even wants to get to know me. Um, and I, I felt even more left out and, and I, I don't like that. Um, you know, I, I, as I get older, I'm starting to understand that respecting older people. I love talking to gay. I like talking to older people, whether they're straight, gay, anything. But when I talk to older gay men, they show me, remind me of a life that was harder than the one I grew up in. And then when I talk to young people, they tell me about the concerns that they have that might not be more. But it just seems in some ways that a lot of the young gay community forgets that there were people that had struggles you know, the generation before me could barely walk the street. They had to keep things hidden. Even my generation was almost impossible to come out without being ostracized. But I realized the generation before me had it harder than me. But I think that the younger generation, and I'm not saying they still have their struggles big time. Uh, anybody who is naive thinking we do not have struggles, but everybody has struggles now. And, and we need to respect that as well. But the fact that I, I, it just seems like a younger community doesn't, you know, think about their you, uh, their elders, and, and that, that's a mistake, because eventually we are doomed to recreate the same problems, and when we start labeling everything, and starting to, like, say, we, we can't have those people in our fold, I think there's a problem with that, in my opinion, I think that's a problem. We should be setting the bar higher. You know, we knew what it was like to fight that. And uh, we shouldn't be like saying, no, you can't come to our festival. This is primarily for young pansexual people and you go find your own festival. I think pride should be unity. And um, and just it to me, it just gets so controversial because everything you just start. Uh, it just opens up like a gateway. And I'm not saying Pride should be stopped by no means. I, I think it should get bigger and more publicized. But I just hate all the baggage that comes with it. Um, you know, you know, people talking about how... I love when you see people posting stuff about, you know, how they they hope that, you know, they're not gay, but they support gay people. And that they hope that one day they can live in a, a world where it's like gender equality and, and, and uh, you know, race equality and stuff like that. And then you see that in the last few years, they're having gender identity parties. So on one side, they're telling you that we don't care what gender our kids are. But now we actually have parties where we're going to reveal if it's boy or girl. So it's funny how life always tries to say we're doing better and then um, and then with the other hands almost backstabbing you like and it works not just in the gay community. I see it sometimes. Facebook is interesting because you can learn a lot about people from Facebook. Um, I, I, I recently, and I won't name names, I would never do that, but somebody recently posted something about how, you know, if you should be happy with everything you have, you know, you shouldn't be posting negativity or saying you're having a bad day or, you know, you deal with mental illness because if you have food in your mouth, if you have friends that love you, if you have 
more health than illness issues. You should, yeah, and I agree, you should be positive about that. But that's not how mental health works. You can have all this stuff and you can still deal with issues in your life. But these people, I noticed that the person who posted this is somebody who actually broke up her marriage because of the fact that when her husband was going through a really difficult time. And I love that all you have to do is, you know, post a meme uh, to show how wonderful you are and how positive you are. But on the sidelines, you've actually have been, you know, you destroyed a family. You know, uh, I, I see people all the time posting stuff about, you know, being, you know, like surviving and being a victim and stuff like that. And then I, they, they left their family. They're the ones who actually destroyed the family. They, you know, their partner wanted to work on things, and they didn't. But now they're wearing the victim side of it. And this is probably where I'm having my most problems. So I somehow wasn't planning this, but I bring it back around to where I am in my life right now. Because my counselor has told me that he thinks that because I've done so much of the heavy lifting and legwork of getting better, that he thinks I'm not as far off, far gone as I think I am. And he thinks that I actually have all the tools um, to be in a better place. Uh, I just need to learn how to use them. But that being said, he also says that I have a great hunch factor, which means that a lot of my hunches are probably true and that I should follow my hunches because I'm really aware and in tune to the people around me. So when I have hunches now of people that, you know, are very close to me and have told me how much, you know, they care about me and they want to know what's going on in my life, my hunches have always told me that, oh, it's probably in my head, but they probably don't care as much as I think. And now I'm starting to realize that, yeah, sometimes when people ask you, how are you doing? They just want to hear, I'm fine. And stupidly me, I think this is somebody who I'm very close to. And so it's like suddenly I can't talk to them. And so I'm having a hard time dealing with seeing the world because I see it in a different perspective. You know, somebody posts some positivity on Facebook you know, and I, I look at it and say, well, yeah, but I got a good memory. And I, I, I remember that you actually destroyed a relationship. So you could go off and screw around on somebody else and you're posting about it. I can see why people leave social media, but I always think if you're leaving social media, you probably have more to hide than the people posting stuff. Um, because if you're that sensitive to the world, that's probably, you know, and I think more and more people are hiding away from the world. And my problem is, is I can't just believe that things don't matter. You know, I know there's things like loyalty and relationships that constantly have to be worked on and not just love relationships, friendships, family members, stuff like that. Let the truth be told. I, I it's hard for me to I can't just go and be fake in the world. And I'm not saying everybody's fake. I think some people are well, faithful that they are being fake, you know, but I can't just go around like other people and just tell everybody what they want to hear. If I make a promise to somebody, I try to keep it. I'm not perfect, 
but I try to keep it. But when I hear people just telling me like, great promises, yes, we're going to do that one day. We're going to do this one day. And then like they can forget about it within six hours of saying it to you. And in my heart, I'm still waiting for this to happen. That's where I'm having problems. Uh, I, I know it's called mindfulness, but for me, it's my thing. So I brought it back around. I talked about Pride Day and I brought it back around to my counseling. Maybe when I get my head a little bit more organized in it. In no way am I saying the counseling is bad. I look forward to going to my counseling sessions. I'm, I got a lot more left to go. I'm actually nervous that they'll stop because, um, you know, I do have some bad times, but as I've learned in counseling, I'm not going to get rid of those bad days. I'm not going to get rid of those blue days. I'm going to still have them. I just, I need to learn to deal with them better. So anyhow, I've talked about pride. I've talked about my emotional state. But because this is Mondo Nostalgia, I should also be talking about entertainment. And this week, uh, X-Men's Dark Phoenix hit theaters. And this is the last movie in the series, because as we all know, Disney has bought Fox, and that means they now own all the properties. Disney was nice enough to let Dark Phoenix hit theaters. There's still a couple of, I believe, like New Mutants that are still on the shelf. We're not sure if we're going to see them or if we're going to see them in the incarnation that we were originally planned. But we know that eventually Disney is going to redo this. And I didn't want to let the X-Men go out without a whimper. Um, so I am going to talk exclusively about X-Men to wrap up the next half. I'm going to go look and get all the names of the movies because I want to pay a really nice tribute to it. Because it just seems like Disney's kind of thrown it in there. Yeah, they put some money to advertising. But it looks like the opening box office isn't going to be huge. The reviews have been mixed, and it looks like X-Men is going to limp off into the sunset, and uh, I won't let that happen. So I'm going to give it a nice tribute right after this intermission. Hi. You hungry? Looking for a tempting treat? Hold on till I absorb some heat. Some added tang might please you, too. I'll slide into an oven-fresh bun, and I'm ready for your eating fun. Why don't you try a juicy, good hot dog? Mmm, delicious. Welcome back. And if you just tuned in, you're listening to Mondo Nostalgia Radio. And uh, I hope you got yourself some snacks or some beverages or whatever you are in the mood for as I get ready to talk about the end of an era. And I know this summer, it's all about the end of, you know, everybody's talking about the end of Marvel, um, you know, with Marvel's uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, which is the end of that particular era. We're going to get more Marvel movies, but everybody's talking about how this is the end of the original lineup and stuff. And even later this year, we got the uh, end of... The Star Wars trilogy, uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and The Rise of the Skywalkers coming up. So everybody's like already getting ready for that as well. But this summer we also are seeing the end of another franchise that's been around since 2000. I was right. <laughs> and it's the X-Men 
Fox Cinematic Universe. A lot of people have had problems with this one. I actually have not. Um, I've actually liked all the movies in this series, and of course I loved some better than others. Um, I've had problems with some of them. And I'm going to talk quickly about each and every one of them, but I hate that this franchise is kind of just limping its way into the sunset. Um, they've built something wonderful here, and not everybody's been too happy with it. I know there's a lot of people that absolutely like some of the movies and hate some of the movies, but overall, Fox has been running these movies for 20 years. And even though you might not want to admit it, and maybe there's more lows than highs in your opinion, the truth of the matter is, is they got a lot of stuff right. Uh, first of all, we have to remember that when X-Men came out, we weren't getting as many superhero movies as we once were. Uh, X-Men actually predates any of the Spider-Man movies. And if it wasn't for the success of the first X-Men film, we still might not have gotten the Spider-Man movies. Um, but yeah, X-Men came out at a time when we had maybe Blade, we had, you know, the original Superman series, the original Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher Batman, and, you know, maybe the odd try at a comic book movie, you know, like Spawn or uh, Howard the Duck or <laughs> stuff like that. But the X-Men came at a time when we didn't get new superhero movies like every other month. And now superheroes have become, like that's a genre of film now. Um, thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they created that. But we still have to pay tribute to the movies that came along. And when these series of films definitely, you know, branded that you know it, it was the kickoff of that and uh, we should give them credit even though they may not have had as big of a success as some we got to remember this is the series that gave us some really memorable things Hugh Jackman accidentally got the role of Wolverine and he's the only person who has ever played Wolverine on the big screen. And even now that Disney now owns the rights, now that they've bought Fox, Hugh Jackman has set the bar so high. He has played Wolverine in so many of the films, from the first one right up until Logan. And quite frankly, he is going to be a hard act to follow. Uh, same with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, and as far as we know, we're still going to see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. But another thing that this series gave us, uh, both of the incarnates of uh, Dr. X and uh, Professor X and Magneto, uh, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart in the originals, and then James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender in the later ones, just phenomenal roles. Now, other ones, you know, you may have your favorites, you know, but those are really standout roles um, that they played in multiple movies. And, you know, say what you will about the movies, but those are very iconic characters. So when X-Men Dark Phoenix hit theaters and reviews were already crappy and 
it wasn't just that reviews are crappy. Everybody's allowed their opinion, and I respect that. But the truth of the matter is, is that when people were already like, I just can't wait till Disney, what they do with it, what they do with it. And it kind of saddens me. Now, technically, the Fox Cinematic Universe might continue a little bit, because Disney makes it sound like there will be more Deadpool movies. But you never know what Disney has planned. And yes, Disney in a couple of years may reboot the X-Men. You know darn well they will. But the truth of the matter is, is even though, even if Disney gets it spot on, like the Marvel track record has been so incredible to this point, and even if they hit them spot on, there is so many great things that this series gave us. Yes, some of the movies aren't loved. As I said, looking at this list, I actually liked most of them. I'm, some of them were just okay and just mediocre but i'm gonna give everything its day i'm not ranking them like i did with the marvel things i'm just gonna go in order of these awesome movies and my list has one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve movies and i'm gonna end it with my review of dark phoenix which hit theaters this past week and Sadly, we'll probably be out of theaters in a few weeks, so if you really want to pay tribute to this, and if you have fond memories of this, I want you to share them with me too, because I think this franchise deserves better than just a quick, you know, put it in theaters and then just let it out of there. Let's go. So in 2000, Brian Singer, I know that's a controversial name, he brought X-Men to life, and it was a, a massive hit, and people liked it. Um... They thought there's lots of room for improvement, but for the budget they did it on, they pulled it off, and it was quite an enjoyable movie. And as I said, the success of X-Men eventually greenlit Spider-Man, and you'd think Spider-Man would have been easier to be greenlit than X-Men, because X-Men was known in the comic book world, but not quite as well known in the other ones. But X-Men, as I said, because of... Dugray Scott was supposed to play Wolverine, and at the last minute he had to stay and continue filming Mission Impossible 2. That's a whole other story, because that's one of my least favorite Mission Impossibles, and the fact that poor Dugray Scott could have gotten that role, but we lucked out because we got Hugh Jackman, and Hugh Jackman went from pretty much unknown to, that's Wolverine, and he's moved that career from Wolverine to other things, but He's made Wolverine his own. Uh, whoever takes over that role will be compared to him, no matter what. Anyhow, the first X-Men, a really nice film. Uh, I, I enjoyed it immensely. It introduced me to a lot of characters that I only knew from the animated series. I never read the comics, but, you know, I had known of Wolverine and Storm and Cyclops and Professor X and Magneto and they're all represented here and it it's just a nice great comic book movie and it's it's a fun one for kids too I, I like this one uh, in 2003 the sequel came out X2 and uh, it was critically acclaimed by taking it up a notch you know uh, some people thought it was a bit preachy because uh, Brian Singer, who is an openly gay male, and yes, I'm not bringing up the controversies, you can go read, you know, I know he's not a nice guy and that, but he started using, a lot of people thought that he was using the X-Men as kind of, you know, how they were being 
put down by society and as a gay reference. So some people had trouble with that, but most of the people actually liked X2. It actually ended on a nice cliffhanger and, you know, hinted that, you know, we were going to see Femke Jansen, you know, take on the infamous Dark Phoenix story. And even me not reading the comics and only knowing it in passing from the TV series knew that the Dark Phoenix is big. So X-Men 2, a really great film, one of the best in the series, I consider. Uh, then came in 2006, we got X-Men The Last Stand. We finally got our follow-up. And sadly for many, this was dead in the water. Uh, a lot of people hated this movie and didn't like it. Uh, Brian Singer left the project and director Brett Ratner came in. And uh, they felt that it just kind of fell flat. You know, here you have this powerful movie and they just really didn't work with it. A lot of people absolutely hate The Last Stand. I didn't mind it. I actually liked it. I actually compared it to a Shakespeare play because I was surprised how many main characters were killed. And if you go back and watch just how many main characters are killed, it's actually surprising because... You know, one of the problems I have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I love all those movies, but it's just they don't kill people. Uh, most people, if they kill, they come back to life. Now, they did kill some in Endgame, but we'll actually see if they stay dead or not. But I like that The Last Stand was pretty bold and did it. So that was the end of the original trilogy, but still people came back. They decided that they would... Uh, continue the series in a series called Origins. Now, this was actually going to have a ton of characters, but because the movies didn't start off so well, we lost a lot of these movies. But, of course, they started with the main X-Men, Wolverine. And a lot of people absolutely hate this movie. Uh, even though Hugh Jackman does a great job in it, a lot of people who, you know... Uh, our big Deadpool fan didn't like how they portrayed the character. Ryan Reynolds, ironically, was in this movie. Uh, and he, they just took a big chance with Deadpool that really failed. And this movie tanked. Uh, it made a little bit of money, but it tanked at the box office so badly that we kind of didn't get many origin movies. There was talk of like Gambit or Rogue and stuff, and those never surfaced. The only other origin story we got was First Class. Um, but that was already in the works when Wolverine failed. Again, I didn't hate Wolverine. I know it's not a great film. I actually think it's got some great opening credits where you see, uh, Sabretooth and, uh, and Wolverine, uh, you know, fighting in different wars throughout the years. And I thought they really do a great job with that, but I can understand why people had problems with this. I don't have any dearness to the Deadpool character at this point. Um, so I didn't have any problems with how Deadpool was created. I thought it was interesting. This was an interesting film, too. This came out in 2009, and what I thought was interesting about this movie was the fact that they actually... This was where they started playing with timelines and the things where, you know, yes, Marvel has had its problems and DC, too, but they haven't been as bad as the you know, the the timelines that X-Men have. And I, I noticed here is where we start getting some things. They recast uh, Sabretooth, and suddenly Sabretooth had a different origin, and it didn't really line up with Sabretooth in the first movie. So there's, yeah, it was kind of weird. But you know what? I like, I think, the relationship between Sabretooth and, um, and uh, 
Wolverine, uh, Hugh Jackman, and uh, Liv Schreiber is actually one of the best parts of the movie. And the only time we get to see Gambit on screen. They keep telling us there's a Gambit movie coming. Uh, that's up to Disney now. But Taylor Kitsch got to play it. And even though it's a small, small role, I thought it was quite good. Um, but uh, we never got anything further than that. Uh, X-Men First Class came out. They gave it another shot. I remember when this came out, it got some great reviews. People really liked it. It made a little bit of money, and so it was enough to keep the franchise going. Uh, this time we got to see origins of some lesser characters, uh, I think because they wanted to try to keep the timeline in the X-Men, which they eventually fuck over in a big way, but we'll get to that. But this time we got to see some incredible performances. It's a really great story. It's a fun script. And we got to see, um, you know, as I said, James McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassbender took over the roles of Patrick Stewart and, uh, and uh, Ian McKellen. I knew I'd get it. And they did a, a spot on, like, you could see that these were the younger versions of them because they, they were such great actors and stuff. And we get to see their dynamic more. And, and I think there's so much goodness in these films. And I think some of these films actually had some really impressive and shockingly fresh scenes. There is a scene, I, I always get this mixed up, but I believe this has the real origin story of Michael Fassbender's character. And we can see how Magneto, Magneto would snap. Uh, there's a sequence with Kevin Bacon that is just phenomenal, who I believe is the villain in that one. I could be totally wrong, but I'm saying. Anyhow, uh, they weren't giving up on Wolverine. Even though Origins tanked by critic standards, it did make enough money to do a sequel, and we got The Wolverine. Now, I actually enjoyed this movie, too. I didn't think it was as enjoyable as First Class, but I thought it came out in 2013, two years after uh, X-Men First Class, which was 2011, but I actually thought they did a really good job with this, but... I actually find this movie to be one of the forgettable ones. I remember coming out of it saying it was a pretty good movie, but I do remember him going to Japan or something and fighting <coughs> various mutants that were a little bit different. But honestly, I consider this a forgettable one, even though I do know I enjoyed it. Well, after that, in 2014, we got Days of Future Past, uh, X-Men, Days of Future Past, the full title. And people loved this movie. They absolutely loved it. Wolverine was front and center again. And even though they were dealing with a younger cast, because Wolverine doesn't age the way regular people do, Hugh Jackman could play it. And the thing we noticed about this movie is when you watch the first X-Men, Wolverine has a nice body, but he gets better as the movies go. So now he's bucking like in his forties now, and he has this incredible body because he's working harder and harder on it. And it's hard to believe that this is a later movie and thing. Critics love this movie and it did fairly good at the box office. I actually thought it was an okay movie. Um, we got to see Quicksilver and there's some really good moments with him and stuff. But what I didn't like is the ending and I won't give too many spoilers, but they kind of, deal with time travel in this movie and when you deal with time travel it can be really hit and miss and for me it missed while everybody else 
liked it. But I don't like movies that cancel out movies I enjoy. And what they did with this movie is kind of cancel out the first three movies. Now, some people say it only canceled out The Last Stand. And that's a good thing because most fanboys and girls don't like The Last Stand. But I like The Last Stand and I don't like when a movie does fan service to the point where they actually say, okay, well, that's going to just eliminate that whole thing. But as the story goes, you start realizing that they probably have eliminated all three of the original three movies. And I, I personally not a fan of that. 2016, we got to see Ryan Reynolds finally play the Deadpool we all wanted. I didn't know I wanted this one, but I did have a lot of fun with this. This, of course, was a big hit. It was one of the biggest R-rated movies to ever come out, and everybody finally got to see Ryan Reynolds playing the Deadpool we wanted. Although I kind of liked the creepy Deadpool that was in Wolverine Origins, I understand now why people had problems with it, because this was such a fun movie. I really thought this movie stepped it up a lot and it just has a lot of fun my only big problem with this series is that i could never see deadpool crossing into any of the other movies and now that disney owns them i still can't see deadpool crossing into any of the marvel movies because he breaks the fourth wall a lot of times the humor is very uh broad and you know calls itself out and stuff and for me i just don't think that would fit when you're trying to tell realistic stories but who cares we got a great Deadpool movie and uh, Tim Miller was just did a great job he doesn't he was the director and I don't think he gets enough credit because everybody's like it's Ryan Reynolds it's Ryan Reynolds but that is a tight movie by Tim Miller in 2016 that same year we got X-Men Apocalypse and some people consider this the worst in the series I actually had no problem with it I liked a lot of it. I'm not saying it's great. Uh, I think, thought it was good and entertaining. I had no problem with it. Uh, I can see why people had problems with it, but when people talk of this movie, they talk with such disgust, and I just didn't think it was that bad a movie. I've seen a lot worse, and uh, so, you know, I can understand if you didn't like Apocalypse, but I just don't know why people hate on it so much. In 2017, Logan was released, and it was a departure from the last two Wolverine movies, uh, because it was kind of a retelling of a very famous comic called Old Man Logan. And we got to see an older version of uh, Wolverine, and we got to see an older version of Professor X. This movie was loved by so many and it is a very good movie. I, I don't love it as much as everybody else. But this movie took movies to a new level. Where Deadpool showed us that we could actually, you know, do comedy and get an R rating with violence and comedy. Logan took us the other way and showed us that you can actually do a serious comic book movie. Logan uh, also gave... Uh, two of the greatest performances to Hugh Jackman. We had seen him do it so many times, but now we got to see a different version of him. And same with uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. We got to see a really interesting and sad, in some ways, portrayal of these. And Logan is an incredible movie. My problem is, is it doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the movies. And I know this is kind of a standalone, and if you watch it as a standalone, it works. But I had so many problems with it, but I still think it's a great movie. Um, I just didn't worship it as much as other people did. 
Um, I just, I had my problems with it, and I stick with that. Um, it did manage to do something. It actually got a screenplay uh, nomination at the Academy Awards, which was huge. Marvel hadn't even hit anything like that before. You know, if you think about it, Oscars, you know, Heath Ledger won a posthumous award for playing the Joker, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and the only other DC film that was won an award was um, Suicide Squad for makeup. Um, so, you know, the fact that Logan, it really showed that the Academy was willing to give it in. I still think it's late, later days, but it's interesting to see that this not-as-loved Fox Marvel Universe was the first one to get a screenplay writing nomination. Uh, eventually, Marvel got its own love when Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture, but that's that's another story, and we're we're focusing on the X Men. Uh, Deadpool two came out in two thousand eighteen and was yet another success. I don't think it was quite as big as the first one, but people still seem to like it. I actually did not like this one. This actually just seemed like they were repeating the same beats as the first one. Uh, Tim Miller didn't come back, and I feel you could feel it. Uh, David Litch actually took over the role on this one, and I I, I feel that this kind of showed, but people got everything they wanted. But to me, it was just the same jokes over and over again and nothing new came out of it. And it bummed me out a little bit because I was excited to see it and I was a little bit disappointed. That brings us to 2019 this week when Dark Phoenix hit theaters, uh, basically just coming in, like just limping in, like Disney bought Fox and Dark Phoenix was ready to go. You know, they had changed the date when it was coming out a few times. But that being said, it got its release. This movie is directed by Simon Kimberg and it stars James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Sophie Turner, Ty Sheridan, Alexander Shipp and Jessica Chastain. This uh, movie is basically the final installment of this series although there is a new mutants i believe is still in the vaults that keeps getting pushed back i think i'm getting the name of that right and i don't know if we'll ever see it uh i consider this the last of the franchise because we're not going to see these characters again which is really too bad because some of these actors are perfect for these roles but I'm sure disney has their own plans uh my full review of dark phoenix is a lot of people are hating on this, but I don't think it's as bad as people think. Uh, I, I think they did a better job than The Last Stand in some ways. Um, so there's that. But some people are calling this the worst of the series. They had to do some reshoots because the finale was a little close to another movie, which I believe is Captain Marvel. Uh, I actually think they did a great job with this movie. Simon Kinberg has been producer of some of these movies and this is his directorial debut I actually thought it was not badly done I think some of the action sequences especially the first one involving a uh, space shuttle and the last one featuring a train were actually well put together um, the train obviously we found out was a total reshoot but it's kinda good because I actually thought it was actually well done and I don't even know if Simon Kimberg actually directed that because I noticed in some reviews people said that the third act almost felt like it was a totally different movie and 
that could be the why. Or Simon Kimber learned from his mistakes or anything. But anyhow, I think this is a pretty solid movie. I can see why some people might have problems with it, but I think the biggest problem is that people went into this just thinking, okay, I didn't like Apocalypse, and they just wanted to hate on this. And there's so many people that are excited to see what Disney's going to do with the X-Men franchise that I don't think people went in, you know, open-minded enough, and they just were hating on this movie before it even came out. I actually don't think it's a horrible movie. Uh, I think James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender come to play. Jessica Lawrence, uh, I mean, sorry, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't have as big a part as she normally does in this, but it, it, she still brings it, and it's great. You know, I think Sophie Turner did a great job as Jean Grey. Um, they developed the character. One of the problems I had with The Last Stand was that Femke Jansen just seemed to walk around like a zombie, and we didn't get any real character stuff. I don't think the Dark Phoenix story is a story you can tell in one movie. So I think that's the biggest problem. And, you know, Last Stand actually set it up uh, kind of well because they had at least as a cliffhanger and then we got to see the development. But I think Femke Jansen just got robbed because she never really got a character. She just walked around like, I'm evil and, and was like a zombie half the time. At least Sophie Turner gets, we get to see what takes her there and stuff. But again, this movie probably needed two movies to develop how evil she is supposed to be. Um, but I think she did well with the script they were given. Uh, some of the dialogue is pretty crappy, but what I really like is that the actors still bring credibility to it. James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender can easily turn anything, you know, you know, they can get crappy scripts, but they make it look like Shakespeare, because I don't know if it's their British upkin. They're just really damn good actors. And I, I don't think The Dark Phoenix is as bad as anything else. But as I said, I've been very lenient with this series. Yeah, it's not as steady as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And when you compare the small amount of X-Men films to 22 great films, but... The other thing I like is that X-Men did try to take some chances where I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a really nice formula now. It's almost getting a little boring for me. At least when I go into these movies, the X-Men, I was just never knowing what would happen. And as I said, their biggest problem was that they kind of wiped out the first set of movies. Uh, because it's just, when you do the math, you know, it's just some of these characters. You're not telling me James McAvoy became Patrick Stewart with only six years to get there. So if you do the math, it kind of wipes it out. The way I choose to watch these films is the first three movies are their own. The Wolverine stories are kind of their own. And then the first class movies are on their own. I don't consider them one big thing because if you try to do the logistics of it, you just want to shake your head in that. But the biggest problem is, is that this poor movie is hitting theaters, and I decided to do the review, hoping to get some people to go into it. I hope if you're one of those people like, well, who cares? Disney's going to remake it. I'll wait till it comes on streaming sites or, or on, you know, Netflix. You know, 
But you know what? Give this a try. You know, never let anyone tell you what it is. I, I've heard so much negative reviews, but I've also heard some people say, you know, it isn't really that bad. Um, and, you know, yeah, sure, it could have been a lot better, but this series has always had some problems with it. And I think we've come to, you know, thing. I'm sort of excited at what Disney's going to do, but I don't know if I'll be there for it. I, I have a lot of good memories, um, and not just the ones I mentioned. You know, I kind of like Ty Sheridan as Cyclops. I always felt James Marsden got ripped off of that. And, uh, you know, Nicholas Holt always put a smile on my face because I, I really liked him as the Beast. And, you know, even Jennifer Lawrence, I know some people said she mailed it in for Apocalypse, but I never ever saw that. Um I do want to give some credit there. It, it's all over the place, but Hans Zimmer does a really good uh, soundtrack to this. I thought the score in this was quite nice, and there were moments that I was like, actually like, oh, I like this. And it, it's a very different kind of score. Well, for me it was. Uh, I can't think of too many scores that stood out in these X-Men movies, but it was weird that in this movie I noticed, oh, I like that, and stuff like that. So, you know... I, I I want to see this get a little bit of a more of a goodbye. That's why I gave it my farewell. I hope you do. Uh, if you've liked any of the X-Men, I know you probably don't like all of them. You know, give them a little to-do and show Disney that, yeah, we want to say goodbye. But I know this movie will probably be gone from theaters by July. And uh, we'll be talking about Spider-Man or all the other movies coming out in the later half of the summer. Um, but anyhow, I wanted to do my part in paying tribute to X-Men. I'm sure Cord is going to find some great pictures to go along with this. And maybe it'll make you go see Dark Phoenix, maybe not. Maybe it'll make you re-watch some of the old movies that you did find that you liked, whether that be the first X-Men or the second one or First Class or Logan. Um, this was a good series, and they should get some more credit than they actually got. And so I wanted to pay tribute to them. Anyhow, I'm going to try to be back next week, and I'll figure out some stuff to talk about. Please let me know what you think of the X-Men films. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? And, you know, if you want to talk about anything about Pride or what I talked about with, you know, social media or counseling, please, by all things, open up dialogue. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I'll even answer, because I don't get a lot of people commenting. I'd love to have an open dialogue about any any subject that I've talked in any of my podcasts. Anyhow, thank you for listening and uh, get out there, enjoy the summer. Um, hit the theaters once in a while, but don't forget to go outside and get some air. Uh, and if you're listening to this outside, I'll give you a little extra plus because that'd be awesome. Because I guess you could just pull up a lawn chair, sit in the backyard, pour some of your favorite beverage, and uh, listen away. But anyhow, I thank you for listening, and I'll see you all very, very soon. 